if you are clapping for Jesus. Do it with joy. As a people who have been redeemed, as a people who have hope, as a people who are grateful, as a people who are filled with gratitude, you can do better for Jesus. You can do better for Jesus. Hallelujah. Please be seated. We give glory to God this morning that he has not given us as a prey to the teeth of our enemies. Tell, tell, say to yourself, this too shall pass. Yeah. Hallelujah. Please turn with me quickly in your Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalm 9. I read from the New American Standard Version, four verses from Psalm, Psalm 9. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart, sings David. I will tell of all your wonders. I will rejoice and be jubilant in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne judging righteously. Father, your word is life, your word is anointed, and your word is health. This morning, in our midst, do what only God can do. Mending hearts, restoring hope, drawing us closer to you, and increasing our joy in the mighty name of Jesus. Together, God's people shall say, today, as we bring the climax of our thanksgiving, today to a close, but thanksgiving must be a life, must be a lifestyle. I want to speak on the subject, my heart says thank you. My heart says thank you. At one of the busy railway stations in London, a young lady who missed her train decided to have a coffee break, bought herself a pack of cookies and quickly put it in her bag, bought a newspaper, put it in her bag, joined another queue and bought a cup of coffee, looked for a place to sit. So she found a place and sat down. And she pulled her newspaper out, started reading, and as she read, she took a sip of the coffee and then reached out her hand to take one of the cookies she had bought. As she did, the man seated opposite to her also reached out and took one of the cookies and smiled at her. Angry, but said nothing. Went on reading more sips of coffee, reached out her hand to take another cookie. The man also reached out the hand and took one more cookie. Three times, four times. Then she discovered only one cookie was left. So her 
aim was, this time I won't let him beat me to it. Just as she reached out her hand, the man also realizing that was faster, took the cookie, broke it into two, gave the woman half and ate half. And just then, her train was, uh, his train was announced, so he left and said goodbye to the woman, smiling. The woman sat fuming. She couldn't wait to go back home and to tell the family how an unknown man had ruined her coffee break. Just then, the, the arrival and the preparation of her train also was announced, so she took her newspaper, folded it, opened her bag, and just as she was about to place the newspaper in her bag, she saw her own unopened cookies. Which meant that actually the cookie she was eating wasn't hers. But because she had bought the same cookie, she thought that what she was eating was hers. And that is exactly what many of us do. Because of our entitlement mentality, we believe that everything that we have has been acquired by our own strength, by our own intelligence, and by our own scheming. Therefore, we fail to say gratitude to the source of all that we have. We forget that there is a power that holds us. We forget that there is a grace that keeps us. We forget that there is a God who daily loads us with good things and provides for us. But this woman sat complaining. And in the passage that I read, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the man after God's own heart, with, in the first two verses, uses the phrase, I will, four times. Unlike the devil, who used that same phrase, I will, to, in pride to oppose God and expecting to be seated above God. David, on the other hand, Uses that phrase, I will. I will give thanks, he says. I will tell of your wonders. I will rejoice and be jubilant. I will sing praises. I pray that like David. Each one of us will know that God has given to us a free will. And that out of a heart that is grateful, we will daily say, Abba Father, thank you. Thanksgiving must not be done Occasionally, it must be a lifestyle. Every morning when we wake up, the first words that must come out of our mouth is, Abba Father, thank you that I'm alive. Thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for my family. Thank you for your goodness. So today, I, I want us to begin by saying, Father, thank you for the grace. You see, how do you quantify the air that we breathe. Doctors will tell you the price of a cylinder of oxygen. When people are struggling and are intensive care and at times also during surgery, some of them are given oxygen. And I do not know because I'm not a doctor, I don't know the price of the, of, of the cylinder of oxygen. But if you and I are to quantify 
the oxygen we've been breathing since we were born. Anytime you smell carbon dioxide, you repulse it. How do we quantify our eyes that can see? So this morning, let us begin by saying, Abba Father, thank you for the grace. The grace that found us when we were without hope. The only difference between you, myself, and the beggar on the street is not just because he wanted to be a beggar, though there are those who decide to do so, but the majority of them are beggars because for some, life has become difficult. The only difference between them and us is grace. The only difference between the alcoholic who wakes up in the morning drunk, any moment they drink water, because of what is in the belly, it makes them drunk again. The only difference between them and us is grace. The reason why today no major decision is taken in your family without them consulting you is grace. Beloved, I want you to know that you are somebody's prayer request. That is why as a child of God, you must never underrate yourself. You, no matter who you are, you have something that somebody wants. That is why daily you must look at yourself and say, Abba Father, thank you for the grace. Remember that all that the devil had wished for you from 1st January up to today, it is the grace of the Lord that has kept you. It is the grace of the Lord that has made a way for you. It is the grace of the Lord that will take you in the coming years. That is why this morning we say, Abba Father, thank you. Let me say from the depths of my heart that most of the very rich men in our nation have never lived abroad before. All what they have to do at times is to travel ab abroad on medical purposes, on medical grounds. They've made their money here. The point I'm trying to make is that if God desires to bless you, it has nothing to do with where you live. And I pray that may that grace find you in the mighty name of Jesus. When you are going abroad, you are going to study or you are going visiting. Anything that you need to be elevated is in this country. And may the grace of the Lord cause you to find it. May it locate you in the mighty name of Jesus. But we also come to say, Abba Father, thank you for the power that has kept us. Not only has grace found us, but there is power that daily keeps us, kept by the power of God. We honor God for the power of Calvary, which to the Jew is a stumbling block and to the Greek foolishness, but to us that are being saved, Christ, the cross, is the power of God. Hallelujah. And it is that power that has given us meaning. That is why we can say from the depths of our hearts that our past has been forgiven. The life that we live today makes sense and our future is secure in the name of Jesus. Kept by the power of God. Amongst the gods who is likened unto him. 
glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, the God who does wonders. We thank him for our families, but we also today come before him like David and we say, Abba Father, thank you for your protection. The God who has kept us from satanic storms. The verse 10 says, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Those who know your name will put their trust in you. And we come and we say, Abba Father, thank you for the protection. For protecting us from the wars and the plans of the enemy. This 2020 has been one of the most difficult years. Unfortunately, no prophet was able to prophesy coronavirus. But it also means that they are human and they don't see everything. That is why you should never put your trust in man. Are you hearing me? But you must put your trust only in God. Cursed is anyone who puts his trust in man. Put your trust in the word of God. I love the prophetic ministry. And you all know that. But your faith must be in God, not in man. Is somebody with me today? And in the coming years, it is only those who know their God who will be strong and will do exploits. And knowing God, you must know God personally. Somebody must not be fasting for you. Why should somebody fast for you? Hey, somebody should fast for you. Do you know what he does in his closet when you are not there? <laughs> Thank you for your protection. This year, the earth opened its mouth to swallow us. The coronavirus pandemic has infected over 50 million people. And over 1.2 million of such people, unfortunately, lost their lives to this pandemic. May the Lord protect. May the Lord keep their souls in honor. And, but we bless God for the about 35 million who have also recovered. But in the midst of all this pandemic and confusion, God has kept us in the mighty name of Jesus. When the virus came against us like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raised a standard against him. And as you come and say, Abba Father, thank you. He will continue to protect you and he will frustrate every device of the enemy. And when the enemy comes against you and your family like a flood, his spirit will always raise a standard against you. Hallelujah. I stand here not only because of grace and because of the power of God and because of the protection of God. Where I come from and what God has done with my life, at times I pinch myself and I ask, is this me? And the word always comes, it is only by my grace. Three weeks ago in London, we were privileged to have the police commissioner of the United Kingdom coming to Trinity Baptist Church. Oh, I think you will do better. You, you don't understand. Only God will do that. 
She wanted to attend a church in the borough of Croydon. And guess the church that she chose? Trinity Baptist Church. It's only by grace. Any doors that has been opened to your pastor, God will open that same door for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Any authority with which your pastor has come into contact with, you will go higher in the name of Jesus. It is grace, it is his power, and it is his protection. But he has also been a provider. In the midst of this economic crisis, it has only been by his grace for you to be able to feed yourself. For many of you, it has only been by his grace to pay all the bills that you have to pay. And that God who kept your business from not collapsing will cause it to stand in the mighty name of Jesus. This pandemic, this also shall pass and the glory of the Lord will be elevated over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for your provision. In the first service, I made an illustration which I would like to make again. This is, what is this? What is this? You know, most of the times we make the mistake of thanking God because of what we focus on. How many eggs are in this crate? Six. So if I damage one, if I break one and damage it, how much is left here? Five. You see, a major reason why you must thank God is to take your mind off what you don't have now or what is going through the fire. You must thank God by looking at what is around you. And none of these five is broken. They are whole. Look at your wife. Look at your children. Look at the job that you have. You have eyes to see. You have feet to walk. You have hands to touch. You have ears to hear. You must thank God. Eh? And when only when she sings, everybody is applauding. When I come and sing, everybody is sitting there quietly. Hey. Concentrate on what you have. A major reason why, personally, for me as a pastor, I love in team ministry is that in the wisdom of God, He did not give every ministry gift to one person. Are you hearing me? It takes a team to win together. And we honor God that Trinity Baptist Church will always be by teamwork in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't concentrate on what you don't have. Concentrate on what you have. Concentrate on what you have. And if you and I will do that, we will have every cause daily to thank God. We honor God also for the promises that has prevailed over our lives. A promise is only as good as the one making the promise. Oh, look at... When a politician makes a promise to you. You see, for many of the politicians, genuinely they mean well. But for some of them, they know very well that what they are saying. They, they, they don't have the grace and they don't have the power to do it, but they will say it anyway. Ever since God positioned the moon and the sun 
in the skies. The two has never collided. Your life will never have an accident in the mighty name of Jesus. There is an eye that watches over you. Your going out and your coming in shall be blessed. There is a hand that protects you. There is a ministering angel that daily follows you. We thank God for the promises that has prevailed. By two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. God can't lie. He is not a man, nor the son of man that he should lie. It is impossible. His word and his promises are such that he can lie. But we come to say, Abba Father, also thank you for your presence. And I believe that it is the presence of the Lord that makes the difference. The only reason why you go out and come back in is that there is a hand that keeps you. There is an angel of the Lord that goes with you and comes back with you. And we come to say, Abba Father, thank you. That from the beginning of first January up to today, you have protected my going out and you have protected my coming in. And that if I am alive, it is only because of your presence that has daily kept me. Therefore, Abba Father, thank you. In Exodus chapter 33, verses 13 through to 15, Moses, the friend of God, prays a prayer and he says, now therefore I pray. If I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Look at the progression of Moses' prayer. Please, back. Look at the progression. He says, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way. Why? Because if you show me your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider. Knowing God causes you to find grace and favor in the sight of God. But listen to how God answered the prayer. His prayer is that, that I may know you. But look at how God answered. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. David, uh, Moses wanted God to show him his ways. <coughs> but God, who knows what is good for us, says, no. It is good, but what you actually need is my presence. May the presence of the Lord tabernacle with you. And today, as you come and say, Abba Father, may the presence of the Lord be renewed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You see, the presence of the Lord is more than riches. Because it is the presence of the Lord that brings favor over your life. And as you enter into a door, the difference between you and all those who come through that door is the favor of God that is over your life. Because if the presence of God is over you, regardless of what the enemy does, it will not work. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? To sleep in the night and to wake up is because of the presence that kept you. Most of the strange dreams that we have in the night is simply at times because the presence was not there. If the presence is of the present, if the, if the presence of the Lord is not over your life, life becomes a life of frustration, of disappointment, of hatred. But if the presence of the Lord is with you, regardless of what the enemy does, you stand in the name of Jesus. Outside his presence, the exploits of the great men of God 
It's simply because the Lord was with them. And God caused Moses to prosper because the Lord was with him. And the Lord caused uh, Joseph, everything he did was successful because the Lord was with him. That is the difference. And today we come and say, Father, thank you for your presence. But finally, we want to thank him that he has destroyed every evil altar in our life. And for me, this is very important. You see, an altar is a place of encounter. A place where you encounter God. And after preaching, normally what the preacher would say, all those who want to give their lives over to Christ come to the altar. We call it an altar call. It is a place of encounter. A place where you encounter the presence of God where your life is exchanged for the spirit of the living God. And, and on Calvary Cross, when Jesus was crucified, his blood was presented on the Holy of Holies, on that altar. And by virtue of that altar, you and I do not only have access into the presence of God, but that altar daily speaks for us. Hallelujah. Listen, beloved, I, I, I want you to know that when we talk about altars, they are real. I was sharing again with the first service today. About three and a half years ago, one of our members in London was getting married. And they hired, this is not a story, true story. And they rented a resort with a very beautiful park. Their interest was in the resort, in the park. But that day, it rained from the morning till the wedding of, was over. And I was officiating the wedding, so I had no choice than to be there. So when we entered the room, you could see that something was wrong. I almost sat on a chair because I was talking and I, was, I had only seen a chair. I had not taken proper view of my environment. And almost sat down and my wife pushed me. Then they brought me an, an, another chair. I sat down. Then the Lord began to speak. So we started looking around. And we discovered that we were in the center of a secret society. The building and the resort was for a secret society. I don't want to mention the other, but you know what I'm talking about. This is the United Kingdom, not Ghana. Then, I'm a very, very inquisitive man. And by grace, I'm not scared you see, I, I'm not one of those who will go and, and say that I bind this tool. I, I don't believe in that. But I'm not scared because of grace. So I decided to look around. And this door, I did not look at the inscription on the door. The door wouldn't open, but I forced it open. Beloved, when I entered that door, the altar that I saw, and for about 20 to 30 seconds, it was as if I was transfixed. It was as if something was holding me. This is United Kingdom. And as I looked, greater is he that is in you than he that is. And as I stand here, But the point that I'm making is, these altars are real. 
But there is an altar that surpasses all altars. And today, as you come on this altar, I want you to know that the price has been paid. You will never from today be afraid of any altar in the mighty name of Jesus. An altar is a place of exchange. So in that place, I believe that some of the things that they do is to chant. And these are people in time and in proper suits. I'm talking about expensive suits and I'm talking about when they drive their cars to Rolls Royce. But the things that are done behind the scene. So they go there, what do they do? They chant and the contrast that must be for others are given to them. Destinies of people are changed. The blessings of people are changed. But today on this altar, in the mighty name of Jesus, anything that is yours is coming back to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Any promise that is yours is coming back to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And I was asking myself, Lord, why did you take me into that room? And the way that came back was very clear. I want you to see the essence of altars. Here in our nation and in many African countries, you and I know that there are some special rooms. And when people are to be appointed to some places, they are taken into that room. When they come back, they are not the same. But thank God for the altar of God. And on this altar, there is a voice. And today, that altar will speak for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You see, Samuel, in 1 Samuel chapter 7, the children of Israel had gathered and they were serving God. And by virtue of that gathering, the Philistines wanted to attack them. So the Bible declares that he took a suckling and offered an offering, 1 Samuel 7, 10 through to 12. He offered an offering to the Lord and by virtue of that offering, the Lord tended. Ten. The Lord tended in the midst. Then some, now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew, drew near against it. But the Lord did what? He tended. Today, the Lord will tender over your enemies in the mighty name of Jesus. So the, 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 the Philistines copied the same, the Moabites. Second Kings chapter 3, quickly, and I'm done, and we'll start praying. Second Kings chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. When the king of Moab saw that the battle was too fierce for him, he took with him 700 swordmen to break through the king of Edom. At this time, the king of Edom had come into league with Israel and were fighting on the behalf of Israel, but they could not. Then look at what he did. Then the king of Moab, the Amplified Bible says, then the king of Moab took his eldest son, who was to reign in his place, and offered him publicly as a burnt offering to Chemosh on the city wall, horrifying everyone. And there was great wrath against Israel. And Israel's allies, Judah and Edom, withdrew from King Jehoram and returned to, by virtue of that offering, the tide changed. Today, as your pastor 
I will not tell you how much to give to church in appreciation of saying thank you. I want that to come from your heart. And I want you to know that as you genuinely allow your heart to say, Abba Father, thank you. That sacrifice will speak for you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Just as darkness give way before light, let every darkness over your life give way to the glory of God. Today I declare in the name of Jesus that may every stronghold over your life be broken in the name of Jesus. Any altar erected against you, wherever it is, that your name is being mentioned. We silence that voice in the mighty name of Jesus. Any monitoring gadgets from any altars that is monitoring your progress in life, we command it to be shattered in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Please be on your feet. Be on your feet. Be, I want you to begin to pray. And I want you to say that, Father, today, may my thanksgiving, may the sacrifice of my thanksgiving be acceptable unto you. And we are going to come as families. If you are single, please, you are part of this. And when we come, we want to occupy the altar, take hold of the horn of the altar, and whatever is in your heart, this is the time to pour it to the Lord. We, you see, the enemy is wicked. And 90% of the things that they do are done on altars. But thank God that there is a holy altar today. And as you come today and kneel with your children and with your family, may your prayers be answered in the mighty name of Jesus. 